right, guys. Hey, welcome back. We're episode five. Um, it's crazy because we just started, but like five sounds like a lot almost already because we just started like not that long ago. Well, I know it's not that much, but we have Kelsey Hunt here in the studio. I'm pumped to have you. Thank you for coming. Super excited to jam with you here for a little bit. And uh, let me just kind of introduce her to you guys really quick. So what I know about you so far, you're a rock star bodybuilder, which is incredibly hard and difficult and I respect a ton. And then you sell uh, sugary desserts uh, to everybody in St. George at Nothing Bunt Cakes, which I think is hilarious <laughs> that you do both of those. Um, hilarious in a good way. But let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Kelsey is a partner in a family-owned bakery, Nothing Bunt Cakes. Um, she's a wife and a mom. She has a background in healthcare, healthcare leadership, and holds multiple degrees. Currently, she's dedicated to running the bakery and finds fulfillment in coaching her employees. Kelsey is also a competitive bodybuilder and aims to obtain personal training certification, certification, that sounds better than certification, and that you said is going to be done in the summer? That's the goal, yep. Cool. Um, To help youth in the community, which we'll jam on today uh, a little bit. I know you're really passionate about that, and I am too, so I'm I'm pumped to be able to talk about that. She's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, enjoys traveling, and cherishes her family. Anything to add to that? No, that's me in a nutshell. Pretty straightforward. Great, yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, you wrote it mostly, so yes. it's really just kudos to you. But pumped to have you. Thanks for coming on again. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Like, you're from here. Yeah. Um, we just talked about that. Like, you grew up in St. George, and you're kind of like Dixie, Pineview, and the Desert Hills want to open. Yes. Right? <laughs> and um, tell me about that. Tell me about, your like, your life growing up. Like, what did that look like? Who were you? Absolutely. Um, so me growing up, I would say I was always the overachiever, <laughs> wanted to be involved in everything, wanted to do everything. Um, I was part of the first graduating class at Desert Hills, which for me, I saw as a really good opportunity to do more. Um, so I was on the student council. I was involved in all of the business clubs. I played volleyball. And when the school opened, that's what I wanted was to be able to do all of those things. And so I made the decision to move from Pineview to Desert Hills. My family was in the um, boundaries for Desert Hills. And so I figured, why not? Um, And it ended up being a huge blessing in my life. We had a really nice, tight-knit group of seniors because we were a smaller class. Um, I made a lot of new friends. And like I said, I got to be involved in so many things, which truly, if you ask my family, is... um, one of my greatest accomplishments and maybe one of my biggest flaws because I say no to nothing. I want to do everything. And sometimes that can get a little overwhelming. So, Cool. But that was you. I mean, you were just like everything you could do to get involved in school. That was you. You wanted to be a part of it and you just went hard. Yeah. You were a kid. And then as you as you got a little older, what you went and got a bunch of degrees. So tell me about like you, you get, meet your husband, you get married, you go get your degrees and, and et cetera. Yes. So I actually met my husband as seniors in high school. We both went to Dixie Middle School but did not know each other. Um, Long story short, I, in my naiveness, posted my phone number on another gentleman's wall as a high school person and got a random text from him saying, you shouldn't do that. Any creep could text you. And lo and behold, that's me. That was your husband. That's (laughs) so funny. So, yes, here we are now 11 years later. He'll probably correct me because I never get it right. Um, but in fact, yes, we just had our 12th anniversary last month. Awesome. So 12 years later, later yourself, so we're good. happily married. Um, and yeah, 
So it's been it's been a journey. We I graduated from Utah Tech here. I stayed home to save some money um, while he was on his mission, and then um, went up to the University of Utah where I got my degree in healthcare administration and an MBA. I was always passionate about healthcare. That's what my dad did growing up, um, and I wanted to be just like him. He's always been a huge example in my life of just extreme, extreme work ethic. And that's what I wanted to do. And so um, let's talk about that for a second, because I think that's so important and interesting. And not everybody has that. Not everybody has a supportive parent, right? That's true. But but where you said that you did, what did he instill in you that you feel like is still there today? The biggest thing that I always say that my parents instilled in me that I, um, the day I die, if there's one thing that people remember about me is noticing those who are around me in need of help and stopping no matter what I'm doing, no matter how busy I seem, no matter how inconvenient it is to recognize their needs and help where I can. Mm. And that was always my parents, like, you know, randomly paying people's power bills when they're in line at the power store, um, stopping to help the literally old lady cross the street, all of Mm. the little small things, um, they always did them and it didn't matter like how inconvenient it was and um, watching my dad do that with his employees as well in the healthcare setting as an administrator of an ophthalmology practice I just wanted to do that I wanted to have access to that and I wanted to be an environment where the my primary role was making sure that people got help interesting yeah so it just it carried obviously throughout the school and everything you do how does it help this is an interesting question, but now are you around the bunt cakes? Yes. Well, this is funny because you just brought me one, so it was very good. You're the first person in five episodes to bring me a gift, which I think is so backwards. Like, what can I give you for coming on? But that's just part of you. That's just part of you, right? Yeah. And I think that's cool. But how does that relate to obviously your business and then bodybuilding, like that? What he instilled in you, like giving back, because some people could maybe say on the bodybuilding side, like that's selfish. It's very selfish. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's start with the business. Yeah. Um, I never intended to leave my healthcare career. I loved it. And again, being very like focused on accolades and achievements, those are the things that bring me joy, my love language, if you will. Okay. Um, stepping away from that was like, I don't know if I can do this, but going into the business with my family, it just, we knew it was the right thing that I was the one that needed to step away and be a part of it. And what I've come to find out is that the greatest joy of doing this is the opportunity I have to work with my employees of all backgrounds. Um, I can't tell you how rewarding it has been to have parents, specifically for some of our younger employees, say, my child is really struggling. Um, They want to have a job, but they're really struggling in school with fitting in or these other things and then weeks later saying I've never seen my child so happy Mm. they love coming to work or having some of my older employees say to us who have struggled with mental um, health issues and say I've never felt so safe in the workplace that is so rewarding yeah And I didn't realize that I could have that same joy of achieving all these high titles and accolades that I was in my previous career by just helping with frontline staff. 
Um, well, you don't get that. Like, you know, growing up as a kid, I didn't really work that much. I was playing baseball all the time. And I, like, in some ways it was great, honestly. And I actually, I, I feel like it helped me and in, in now the business that I have because it taught me the things that I needed to learn and know and to be able to apply to business. But um, what I'm what I'm getting at is, like, I would just observe other people going to work and they hated it. Like, their boss was always the the military guy that was just like a top down, right? Like a, a dictatorship. And what you're describing is you're like, you're, you're almost a coach. Like it's a culture. It's a, it's a vibe. It's a feeling. It's you're able to like affect people's lives. I think that's amazing that you look at that. Like out of all the things that you could have just said about making money or I want to make money or we want to bring in more income or I wanted to, you know, grow an empire. It's like, no, your first thing was I want to change people's lives. And those things happen organically when you do, when you truly care about the people that work for you. And and I'll say, you know, there's been moments when we've gone to hire an employee and we're like, oh, we're just not sure that this is the right fit for us, you know, for the, um, the bakery culture. But I just feel like this person needs to be here. Yeah. It might not be the best business decision right now, but I know it is the best decision for this individual and us in the long Someone run. in the culture. Yes, because yep. yes, we are constantly learning from them. Um, and they're constantly touching our lives in ways that I can't even express. But it's not always about the business decision. And that's, you know, it's been so eye-opening for us. It's been so rewarding. Just, and a lot of times it does end up affecting the business in a positive way because that person was meant to be there for a reason. Um, and that's as we've developed our culture over our three years of being open, um, it's become more and more like that because we're learning how it's all about the people. Yeah. It really is. And if you can affect them and trust them and build that kind of relationship where they want to be there, they're happy to be there, they feel safe there, which is the biggest thing um, that is going to affect your business or at least has affected ours more positively than anything else. 100%. I mean, I could go into a business and if I just have a negative, it's like the energy that's put out, right? You're putting so much positive energy into your employees, which is your front line, that are going to connect with your clientele, like customers, I guess is a better word. But like if you're pumping that into them, like that vibe is going to attract the the tribe that's out there and they're going to feel that. Like when I go into a business and I somebody's kind of like, raunchy or whatever like i don't want to be here i feel it and i all oh, the food almost doesn't taste as good when somebody's so nice and so kind that's what makes me want to come back and it also it makes the food taste better i swear it does it really does it's the weirdest thing right baked with love but it's a cool it's a cool concept that you follow yeah and and i appreciate like the compliments but i wish i could say i've been we've been a hundred percent with it right yeah um, but it's a learning experience too. And there have been times where, you know, I've made a mistake and I've had employees express things and um, all you can do is apologize and recognize when you've fallen short. Uh, I, as a manager, I'm not perfect. I am a human. Sure. Um, and I hope that my employees do recognize that I am willing to take their feedback um, as much as they take mine. And that is one thing I tell every single employee when I hire them is I f expect you to hold me as accountable 
um, to the things that I promise you, um, to making sure I give you the resources that you need to be able to do your job effectively and to feel safe here, just as accountable as I hold you. Um, And so, no, I'm not perfect. And I have genuinely appreciated those employees who have been honest enough to share that feedback so we can continue to improve. Love that. Love that answer. So the second part, the bodybuilding, I'm curious to know your take on that. How do you give back through your bodybuilding? Yeah, I think for me, um, bodybuilding is a selfish endeavor. It is. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of resources. Um, But that being said, number one, it has made me a better mom, um, a better manager, because I do have a way of keeping myself mentally, physically, emotionally healthy. When I have had an extremely stressful day at the bakery for whatever reason, like I can go and free that. Um, With my daughter, like being able to be healthy physically so that I can chase her around, so that I can keep up with her um, and teach her how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I feeling educated in nutrition as a mom is so empowering because before I started this, like I would have had no idea how much protein to give my daughter or that she even needed protein for that matter. Like um, it has empowered me to be able to educate her and be able to care for her in a better way than I would have otherwise. So next step, my hope is now as I'm working on my personal training certification, I have been working with some family members with their health and fitness goals and being able to share that knowledge with them over the years of learning it, um, I think has been changing things positively for the better for them. You know, feeling better, teaching them about the roller coaster, that it's not a perfect line to success, that life is a roller coaster and you are going to have downs and you are going to have ups. But as long as you're gradually improving, like that's what you want. Absolutely. And so hopefully with the certification, um, I can really start to impact those around me. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more specifically, um, but with the knowledge and experience that I've gained to be able to help people deal with things mentally, to be able to um, be healthier physically and to be able to have more life, uh, longevity and happiness and joy. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if people aren't hearing this, I mean, pointed out, like you're living an example and people are able to see that. Sometimes I think it's all people need to be able to see somebody who's living it and you can speak words to them without speaking words, right? They see what you're doing. They see your grind and they're like, I want to be more like this person. And I, I love and hate this saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I kind of go, that's kind of BS. How you do one thing you care about is how you do everything that you care about. And you can see that you've picked certain things in your life that you care about, but you go all in. I am definitely an all-in person. <laughs> um, like I said, I think that's both a blessing and a curse sometimes. Yeah. But, and and to your point, I think people seeing that a normal person can do it. Yeah. Like, I, by all well, means. You see, like, you see yourself as a normal like person, a normal but I think there's a lot of people that think, 
she's in, she's insane. She's incredible. How does she do it? Especially yeah. women. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think in your mind, you may think that, but I want to honor you. Like, I think you're doing amazing things. Thanks. You started a business. You've gotten your MBA. You've started a family. You're a pro, bo- pro bodybuilder or just body, you're trying to get your pro card. I am towards my pro card this year. But so. most people in, in I, I mean, what percentage of the world even competes? Like, it's yeah. got to be a really low percentage. And that's you. You're getting your certification. You're doing all these things. So honor you for that. I think there's a, there are a ton of people that are going to get a ton of value from this, but that already look up to you a ton. But, you know, if you would have asked my parents, and they, they literally say this, like, out of all of our children, not that I'm not, like, but in terms of I'm not athletic. Like, I was never athletic. <laughs> I got cut from the volleyball team in eighth grade. Um, I could not serve overhand until, like, my sophomore year and, like, last stringer until my senior year like i had to work my booty off yeah and like i've always been that person but they out of all their children they would have never seen me being the bodybuilder because it just like innate like the physical athleticism strength was never there Mm -hmm. but gosh dang it like if i love something and i am passionate about it i don't care if i have to get last place a million times Like, I'm going to keep coming back until, like, I've reached, you can never reach your potential because there's always more. But uh, yeah. until, like, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm happy and, like, feel like I've been successful, but I'm not going to quit just because I got last place over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, what you said about, like, you, could, you your potential, right? Like, you, you never reached it. One of the things I say all the time is what your potential is or your potential you haven't even imagined yet. And that's a crazy thought to think of, like that you haven't imagined what you could become, right? But I resonate with your story so much because I was that kid. I was, uh, as a kid, I was kind of chunky. I was the slowest. I think it was the second slowest person on my my baseball team. There was one kid that I could beat and that was it. And um, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't the best hitter, pitcher, throw, whatever. And I just had to work at it. And I had an older brother and he was two years older than me. Everything seemed to come natural to him. I don't know if he had a sibling like that, but math came easy. Sports came easy. Everything, I swear, in my perspective, came just naturally. And he didn't even work at it. He would just do it. Yes. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here struggling and I can't even come close to what you're doing and my parents used to always say I don't know if they said the same thing to you but I used to get so down on myself and they used to go like if you just keep after it if you just keep working like your the work ethic will eventually kick in and it will probably serve you more than it's serving your older brother and I don't mean to say my brother's going to listen to this and I love him and he knows I love him but I think he would also agree with me when I when I say this because we've had conversations You'd probably agree that it, he probably wishes that he had it not as easy and had to work for it and, and earn it like like you did too. Yeah, and I mean it's different skill sets, but definitely, and that's what I want my daughter to see, one hundred percent. That's what I saw in my parents, and that's what I want her to emulate is is the work ethic, is the resilience yeah. um, to being pushed down, to you know not being the best. Yeah. Right. Like it is okay not to be the best, but work put in the work don't be afraid of the work yeah um my sister loves to tell a story my older sister she was one of my volleyball coaches when i was a freshman and um like i said i wasn't able to serve overhand until my sophomore year 
and we were in this one particular practice, varsity to freshman. Okay, so everybody was there. We were doing a serving um, practice, I guess, and the coach said, "Like nobody is leaving this gym until Kelsey gets one over the net." <laughs> and it's so how did you funny feel that moment? Me. Well, that's the funny thing is she. Every time she tells the story, because she was one of the coaches, yeah. she just cries. She was like watching my little sister one after the other. And I'm probably exaggerating, but it was probably at least 20 minutes, if not 30, of everybody standing there watching me because I could not get it over the net. But coach, we're not leaving until she gets over the net. I never got it over the net. We did leave. Um, <laughs> and she... She just cries every time she tells that story, but I have no negative association with that story. Uh. Like, that was a great learning experience for me. Like, yeah, did I make a fool of myself? Well, yeah, and I'm sure everybody was cursing my name, but guess what? I became the first start server as a senior. Awesome. It took until then, but I was the starter and would go 10, 11, 12 points in a row sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, did it suck? Yeah, but I have no negative feelings about that experience because it shaped me. Yeah. I love that story. I, I'm I'm curious to know, too, like in your nothing bunt cakes, and, and it pro- probably applies more to that. It probably wasn't sunshine and rainbows. Like, I don't know how you started, but I, I were there veins of that, like fail and try and fail and try and fail and then finally figure it out? Uh, yeah, there was a year of a lot of turmoil. And um, my dad can tell best because I think he experienced it the most. Um, But there was a lot of moments and one in particular where we had already been working with the SBA on our small business loan. um, This is for the brick and mortar? Yes. Okay. So you own the the space? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. It's a rental. But we were building out the space still. I'm just getting a small business loan to get all your equipment and everything. Yes. Like it was still to... Um, cause it's a franchise and they, I mean, we have a pretty big production. So we're talking like a large sum of money for equipment and build out and yeah, all of yeah. that. So we don't own the space. Um, but we had already gotten to that point and we were short on money, short on cash that we absolutely had to have. And it came down to the brass tacks of do we quit? We've been working on this for, it was probably 10 months at that point. Wow. Like, do we quit? I had already quit my job. And it was like, what What are we going to do? You bred the boats. And I said, Dad, something is going to happen. We've yeah. been, we, I don't know, we're going to wake up tomorrow. We're not quitting. Yeah. We're not quitting. We're going to push through this. And, of course, his turmoil is my daughter is putting everything on the line with me to do this. And um, a miracle did happen. Like, the answer came. But, gosh, I cannot even tell you how many times it was like, oh, well, this isn't happening. Like, we've just tossed how much money down the drain and, like, let's just walk away. But we couldn't walk away. And we are so glad that we didn't walk away because it's been very successful. But it was not easy and it was not straightforward. And I don't know that anybody can say that starting their own business is easy and straightforward. But one step in front of the other and you just keep pushing. You said there was a miracle that happened. Is that something you can share? Or what, what, uh, well, it was just, was yeah, it was um, like we talked about. I'm a member of Church of Jesus Christ Latter Saints. So uh, we had been praying and fasting. And the next morning I said, 
Um, you know, the answer of where this extra cash that we had to be able to meet the minimum requirement to qualify for the loan. Yeah. Um, what was your down payment on the loan for the SPA? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so we were shy and we had put in everything that we had. Like there was nothing left for me. My parents had sold their house and put in all of the equity from their home. Holy cow. Uh, we were literally living in my uncle's home that he was preparing to sell. Um, and... You know, we had gone to multiple family members and been turned down. Um, like, hold on, what? You and your parents were living in your uncle's house? Yes. Three families. Uh, well, was my uncle wasn't uncle? living there because he had moved away. Okay. Um, for a new job, and they were trying to sell him. But it's house. you and your husband. Yeah, my parents. Did you have your? Child Not yet. yet. Okay, but it's you and your husband and both of your parents. So there's four of you, mm -hmm. two couples living in your uncle's house. Yeah. Because they sold their house so that you can put it in the business. And now you're, they're ready to just walk away from all that equity that they put into their house. Because we, we just didn't, didn't see another enterprise. I had talked Holy to um, people from my past job who invested in businesses. I mean, we had been through the ringer. Like, I can't even tell you. And, you know, beat up, beat up, beat up. And the answer that we needed did come that day. We had one more conversation that my dad was going to ha have. And um, I said, you know... This is the answer. It's going to happen. And that's specifically what we prayed for, that this answer would happen. And it did. Like, really, truly, the day that it was like doomsday. Like, today or no day. Wow. And, and that was the manifestation that we were doing the right thing. Yeah. But, oh, we wanted to quit a lot. There's something there in that story that I love so much. And it's like, you say this all the time too, is that everything good is on the other side of pain. And sometimes that pain is what allows you to stay committed to something. And you've probably seen that in your bodybuilding too, but in business, it's so true that I think, so I'm a member of the same faith, right? I served an LDS mission. I remember the beginning of my mission when I'm teaching people about the church, it's a hard thing to join the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Like, it's tough. It's hard to stay in it sometimes. It's hard to stay in it. I agree with that. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've come out with stuff. It's not easy. There's, the culture can be hard. There's people who say things, and sometimes you get triggered. But yeah. like you, you've got to like have your own personal relationship, I think, is important for sure. But on my mission, I remember at the beginning, your, kind of, your purpose is to be able to go teach people about Christ and then get them baptized and help them join the church and have a better life. At the beginning, I was just like, hey, we'll take anybody. Like, we'll just, we'll just try and make it easy for you. We'll try and, like, let's... Let's, uh, hey, you didn't smoke for a week? All right, great. Yeah. Like, that's kind of our rules are good. Like, you've been to church once or twice? Great. Like, whatever the minimum requirements were, it was like if they met those, which they weren't crazy hard, even though they kind of were, we would, I'd be like okay with it. So this is this is my point, and it kind of goes back to your point with uh, with your struggle and the miracles with nothing but and, and being able to make it work is – my, the very last person that I baptized on my mission, her name is Teresa, and hopefully she listens to this, actually. Um, I haven't connected with her for a while, but that's a reminder for me to send her this. I remember praying specifically at that at that time, is right at the end of the two years. It was like, God, make this hard for her. And it was so weird, like, having that come out of my mouth. Like, make this difficult. Because I'd seen people that I baptized at the beginning of my mission that just didn't last. And I was like, it was because I was getting in the way. I was taking that pain away from them because I felt like I could. And some, at some point, it hit me with taking the pain away. Like, and to get like religious for a second, it's like, that's what, that's what Jesus is there for. That's what the Savior is there for, right? 
That's his job. That's not my job. My job is to lead them to him so that he can heal them. Why am I getting in the way of the Savior? That needs to be difficult. And so I, I think it's a, it's a parallel in life. And I think all things can connect in some ways if they're true. And it, that's absolutely a true principle that if you go through the pain, you, you, will, you will succeed if you just never give up. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head on there. It, it 100% true that the difficulties that we faced opening this bakery are what we now connect with and the obstacles that we continue to, to face in every business does and gets us through to be like, yes, we're doing the right thing and this is worth it. And um, the connection to the miracles that happened were just have been the greatest blessings in our life. And some of the other turmoil I've been through in my own life have completely shaped the trajectory, have given me a stronger marriage, have made me um, become a mom that I didn't think I wanted to do, but is the greatest joy of my life. Um, The most painful things I've been through have created the most joy um, and most value for sure. Do you feel like you gravitate towards pain now a little bit? You almost feel like, hey, I don't want to do this, but I know I should, so I'm going to. Well, I mean, if we look at bodybuilding, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You do it every day. No, yes, it's so true. But like today even, I mean, I've had moments, I posted about this in my stories for anybody that's seen that last week of breaking down in tears at the gym because it's so tired in so much pain, I wanted to quit. But there is nothing that feels better than when I finish. Yes. For sure. And so, yes, being in pain, doing difficult things, knowing how rewarding it is when you get through it, it's maybe a little bit addicting. Yeah, it <laughs> is a little bit. You like almost gravitate toward, you know, it's going to suck. But if you can get in the habit of gravitating towards pain, there's huge growth. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Let's talk about bodybuilding for a little bit. We've talked about we've talked about all the sugar and the yeah. unhealthy stuff. Let's get into the healthy stuff. I think there's so many women that want to get in shape and they, they probably see you and they go, how in the world am I ever going to catch her? And they may not ever, but for, for even just those that want to get into shape, mm-hmm. what are some things that they can do? The mindset that they need to have, what helped you to be able to do, to develop into the person that you are in bodybuilding? Yeah. So the first thing I want to tell all women and all people, yeah. honestly, especially those that maybe see bodybuilders or CrossFitters or anybody that takes an, a sport to an extreme, is it is a sport and it is an extreme. Um, and But the most important thing is that progress is not linear, mm. okay? Life is not linear, just like what we're talking about. Yep. Like you go through downs to fill the highs. And so um, my personal story, I've had some really good highs and some really low lows. You know, one of the things we talked about before we jumped on here is at one point I gained 30 pounds after a show in two months. Ladies, 30 pounds. Did I post any pictures at that point? No, of course I didn't. Now, no, yes, I wouldn't do it. So, I mean, I think that's like number one, the most important thing is what you see on social media, what you see, if you see me at the gym. Trust me, like this is not me all the time and I have not been perfect at this. I have failed way more than I've succeeded. And you just have to keep going. It's that same principle we've been talking about. So it's not linear. 
you know, progress is not linear. And that's something that, you know, our minds play with us all the time. Yeah. Um, as I'm coaching my family members right now as kind of my test subjects as I'm getting my certification, you know, that's what we focused on is they've had ups and downs over the past year. But if we look at their progress since the last year, we're up. It's up. We're up. It's gone like this, but things have progressed. And so it takes time. So number one, progress is, is not linear. Number two, have a goal and know what you enjoy. Okay. So for me, like I would exercise after high school because it was the right thing to do. And because I played volleyball, so I wanted to stay active, but I hated everything that I did. Like at the gym. Yeah. The workouts. Yeah. Or if I worked out at home and did like a training video, like Insanity, if you're familiar with that, like, oh my gosh, I would do those things, but gosh dang it, I hated it. And like, I didn't want to keep doing it. And so I wouldn't stick with it. Um, Once I found something that I literally enjoyed doing, like I looked forward to it. And I worked with the trainer to set a goal right in the beginning and having the goal in mind and seeing my progress getting towards that was so motivating. Mm. Like it just kept me going. And it was like, I enjoy coming and doing what I'm doing every day. I don't want to do this other stuff. Yeah. Like I don't enjoy doing that. I still, five years later of this journey, I still don't want to do that. So uh, the second thing is have a goal and find what you enjoy to do. That's going to be mentally freeing for you and physically healthy for you. Mm. Um, and then I would say the three, the third thing is have mentors and coaches. Yeah. That was that was one of the things that I heard you say kind of in the second one a little bit is like, hey, I have a coach. Yes. And I totally agree with you on that one. You pay for a coach. Yes. You pay money, right? I do. Uh, you have one coach? Uh, I currently have one coach, but I've worked with. You've had multiple. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you probably still stay in contact with some of them mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, I think there's value there that I think people need to hear. Yes. Because the accountability, like in high school. You're surrounded by a team and you have coaches. Yep. And then in life, we just go, oh, you're an adult now. Like, you can just go figure it out. Do everything yourself. And we don't have a built-in system of coaches and teammates yep. around us anymore. And so we feel so alone. We don't have a community. We don't have accountability. Mm-hmm. And But the cool thing is, is if you change your mindset and just go, if we we all do, you get a pick. And all it, all it is is paper. You get a pick who your coaches are. True. In high school, you didn't. Yeah. Not really. They were They were appointed. You got who you got based on where you lived. And your teammates, you didn't get to pick those people either. Now you get to pick it all. You get to create your life exactly the way that you want to create it. And nobody even knows it. Nobody even realizes that I can just pay this money and go and get that perfect accountability for me and the team and community around me that I want, that I vibe with. That's true. And you don't have to say, I mean, I have had multiple coaches and I'm finally with the one. Like this has been my best prep my best training for the past like 18 months that I've ever had because it is the right coach for me um but it is so important and like I it is a hard investment initially it is because like anything that you're putting your resources towards is a risk yeah and so but the dividends in the long run like I am so much healthier than I would have been without a coach and like I can't imagine the other bills that would be coming my way if I didn't have that. Um, So people are like the most valuable resource in this world. They truly are. And finding the ones, like you said, I love that. I've never thought about it, but it's so true. You get to handpick your support system and and who's around you. Um, 
it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference having someone who has the knowledge and who is going to support you through the lows and who is going to bring you up during the highs and um, who is going to push you through the pain. Yep. And I, that would be the one thing that I think people are so scared to invest in that or don't fully understand the value of it. But there's nothing more valuable in this world than people. Yes, 100% agree with that. Your most valuable asset is people, for sure. I, I spend uh, quite a bit of money. In the last 12 months, I've spent over $50,000 in coaching. And there's multiple coaches. It's not just one. Sure. You have a marriage coach, family coach, fitness coach, uh, business coach. And all of those coaches, you know, at first, I remember the most money I dropped at one time was $30,000. And this is the thought I had. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I just got done with an event. And I've the event's over. It's like three days, and we get to go shower because it's kind of a physical slash business okay. event. Like, it's, it's really difficult physically, and then you're, they're pushing you from like 6 a.m. to like 9.30 a.m. every day. Like, it's mentally tough, too. But I get to the end of it, I was like, that was so cool. Like, that was life-changing. That was exactly what I needed, and it was difficult. And I get in the shower. I'm in the shower, and all good thoughts come in the shower, by the way. So if you want good thoughts, just go to the shower. But I'm in the shower, and I'm thinking to myself, Am I going to pay for this? It's thirty grand if I pay upfront in cash. It's thirty six grand if I want to find uh, find or just pay monthly. And I'm thinking, God, thirty grand's a lot of money for a year. That's a lot of money to just like drop. And here you go. I trust you. Yeah. You're gonna this. This is gonna pay off. And then I had this thought in the shower, and it was this. I had the thought of my little girl, and my little boy, and then I had a thought of my wife, and then I had a thought of their spouses, and then their kids, and their kids, the great-grandkids, and the tree all the way down. And I thought to myself, if I don't invest in myself, how does that affect them? And if I do, and I apply myself, how does that affect them? And it was over. And I had this, I had one other thought. It was rising tides raise all ships. Be the rising tide and affect generations. Be that one. Be the one that changes your family tree. And it just hit me so hard in the shower. I walked up right after to the people who were taking the money. I said, I'm paying it full. And they're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> and it totally has changed my life. And my wife could attest to it. She's like, you're a different person because of that. And I would never take it back. But there was accountability and there was the pain was paying that money. And I think sometimes people need to realize that it's painful to pay the money and everything good is on the other side of pain. You will figure it out. But you don't need to look at it as like pay the money and then like you give me something. Yeah. Like in working out and, and fitness, it's very much that way. Like you're paying money to go through pain. Yeah. And you got to put in the work. You're not getting, you're just getting like, all right, like high five, keep going. Here's your workout that I just made you go through that. Yeah. You want to die, but. But you got to still earn it mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah. Fitness to me is like the best, the best thing to look at with like growth in personal life. Like if, if people are struggling mentally or in any form of their business, like just work on your fitness and it will start to bleed into everything. Yeah. I feel like. It's so true. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier that I think is worth mentioning at this point is how much positive influence and change fitness can have on people mentally. You know, for me, I've touched on this. It Going to the gym is truly an outlet. It is the time for me to focus internally to push through the pain 
um, which releases pains that are not even associated with my, you know, muscles that are burning up or my accelerated heart rate. Um, it opens my mind. I can think straight and I feel more prepared to take on the next day's challenge with more resilience. And I know from it what reward comes through going through hard things. And that is the message that I feel is so needed in our community, especially with our youth. Um, you know, in light of recent circumstances that have happened in our local communities, uh, mental health is, it is a problem right now. For young and old, it doesn't matter. It is not um, particular to any one group. Um, but I specifically feel that the youth in our community need to have a place that is safe, freeing, where they can heal from some of the inner turmoil that they're having, that they can find something that they're passionate about, that they can reach through the pain and see what joy comes through when you are resilient, when you um, accomplish those things that you didn't think you'd be able to. When I sent those initial pictures to my very first coach and said, these are my goals, I was laughing. I was laughing. Um, it was a joke. Like I did not think that that was ever going to happen to me. And then when I competed and he said, you know, maybe one day you'll want to go pro again, we were laughing. It was a joke. Like never in a million years had that even crossed my mind. Here I am fighting for my pro card right. with everything that I have. Um, Which based on your track record, it's basically a done deal. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it, there's still so much to go, but you know, I've improved myself and I can look back at my physique even last year to now and see the progress. And that is an achievement. Yeah. And that is something that gives me motivation to keep going and continuing to make it through hard things in this life because I promise they're not going away. And, you know, some of the hardest things that I've ever gone through because of my own decisions that hurt the people closest to me, um, being able to develop this healthy lifestyle has brought me closer to my family, has healed me from those mistakes and allowed me to to just deal with the hardship and I want to be there for our youth especially I want them to be able to come to a safe place find something that they genuinely enjoy that makes you know their body feel good that makes them recognize how valuable they are as people and that they're loved no matter what and that everyone is created special that's what I want. And I didn't, getting into bodybuilding, I never planned on it ending up as this becoming a passion of mine or something I care about. But five years down the road, it's not about me anymore. It's a selfish sport. I do it because I love it. My family gives up so much. My husband is the most supportive person in the world um, to be able to allow me to do something that takes multiple hours. It takes a lot of money, a lot of investment. Um, but this selfish sport is turning into my heart. And I want to give that to people that I really genuinely feel could heal from it. Yeah. You radiate it. I could feel it like really strong as you're saying it. And I usually wait till the end to do this, but I feel like it's probably appropriate now and I may never do this again. 
but where do people find you? I mean, just after you said that, if there's a youth or somebody listening to this where they're struggling mentally, maybe thinking of committing suicide or maybe just like done with life or just really struggling, one, is it okay for them to reach out? I think the answer is probably yes, because I feel like it's your purpose in life and passion. But two, where do they find you? 100%. Like, I will be a safe sounding board for anyone. And I was not perfect. I am not perfect. Um, I admittedly put out more positive things about my life on social media and every other outlet there is than I do the negative. Um, but I've made mistakes and I've been through hard things and I've hurt people and I've been through the mental anguish of not being sure that going another day is the right choice. Not a lot of people know that. Um, but I've been there. Yeah. I've felt it before. So I would be honored to be a safe space for anyone that wants someone to talk to, that wants to know something that they can do to feel better about themselves. You can text me, 435-229-2925. You can message me on social media. Kelsey Hunt 11 is my Instagram. Uh, you can email me at kelsey.hunt at nothingbuntcakes.com. And truly, it would be nothing I would love more than to be a, just a sounding board or a mentor or a coach to anybody that needs it. I had so many people coaching and mentoring me through those hard times in my life. And I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Yeah. Now it's just time to give back. Yeah, I mean, guys, this... Kelsey's a real deal. Like, I, you know, you feel it in the room. I hope you can feel it as you're listening to this. But um, I, I didn't even know you, right? I mean, I basically called you this week and then and meeting you for the first time today. And I, I told you this before the show. It There's something when I saw you on another podcast, a friend of mine, there was something where I was like, that is a good person. She's a good person. And I've seen a lot of people that I know on his show. And I'm thinking, who do I bring on? And it was last second. But I was just like, there's something about this person that people need to hear and people need to know. And I remember thinking about that this week. Like, I want to make sure that every episode is what people need. And you've brought that today for sure. And so I hope there's somebody, and I know there's going to be, that you're going to change lives, period. And whether it's from reels that come from this or the episode or just you as a person in life aside from this, you're going to change lives for sure. And I think you already are. Thank you. So... Thanks for being vulnerable and willing to share that. I love that, by the way. And I think if more of us were okay with sharing those things, then people would know where to go yeah. when they're starting to feel that way. And when We've all been through hard parts. I mean, I, that's the hardest thing about the world that we're living in is we don't want people to know that. Yeah. Nobody wants anybody to know that about them. No one wants people to see their failures. Um, and so we try and put out there all of the good things, but we've all made mistakes. We've all been through difficult things. You know, unfortunately, I, I can't even begin to complain about the life that I've had seeing what people have experienced around me. But at the end of the day, like, knowing that there's people out there that are going to love you no matter what. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Which is amazing. I think... I think you're right. You know, we have a great lifestyle in Utah. Utah is a great place to live. But one thing that is different about Utah than, like, say, Florida, where I've lived, 
is people are a little bit more judgmental in Utah than other places. And I think that could be partially because we're trying. We're really, really competitive. We want to be perfect. And so if we're not, we kind of feel like we're not there. And so we try to shine a light on the good things yeah. and we don't. I think it's human nature, but I think we do it maybe a little bit more in Utah and maybe a little bit more culturally in the church. And that's just kind of how it's been. And so I think it's important to, important to bring out because there's going to be a lot of people that are members of the church that listen to this. And I think one of my missions that I would love to accomplish in life is just getting the word out, guys, quit judging, quit being judgmental of other people, love unconditionally, and quit quit looking at your life like you're a failure because of this, that, and the other. We're all human. We all need to reach out. We all need to be better. And if we're just all more vulnerable about the things that we struggle with, we'll all get better. But I appreciate you telling me that and, and sharing that with everybody uh, again. And I don't need to go, we don't need to go into it any further. I think that was perfect what you said, but um, let's kind of, let's kind of wrap up a little bit with, uh, with your goals now. So you're competing in two and a half weeks, you said. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, so you're right down to the end. You're like, before this, you're like, oh, well, I don't have like that brain fog. Well, you've been amazing, <laughs> by the way. And um, talk to us about, because most people don't compete. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what that, that last two and a half weeks is like. What's it like? Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of a blur, but really <laughs> with competing, like I said, it's an extreme sport. Like this is, it's a lifestyle. And um, so we're at the point now where we continue to kind of pull back on your food every day or so depending on how your body's looking. So I'm checking in with my coach several times a week. She's looking at my physique and saying, okay, do we need to do more cardio? Do I need to pull more food from her? Um, so are you doing bod pods? Or are you, are you calculating? Are you just I am. Straight on the scale? Out of joy because okay. <laughs> I like to see the data. Okay. So when it comes to bodybuilding, it's all about the way you look. Okay. The judges don't care how much you lift. They don't care how much you weigh. Sure. Um, we are divided up into categories based on our height for judging. Okay. But other than that, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but we do use that data to watch progress. So, yes, I am weighing myself. Um, but most important thing is my coach looking at my physique and seeing um, things tightening up, seeing the fullness in my muscles. Your muscles tend to get really flat right before a show because you are pulling away so much food from them and all of their fuel that they need. Um, and so... What we will often do is called like a carb up where a few days before, the day before, again, it really depends on your personal physique. The coach then loads you up with carbs and food to try and fill those muscles back out. Um, so it's a careful balance getting down to like any, a prep will usually last anywhere from eight to like 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, it's a careful balance all the way down to show day of continuing to try and build and maintain your muscle mass while getting lean enough and decreasing your body fat to achieve a certain look. Um, so now it's, luckily I'm five years in. I mean, there was a point where I will just share this. I, I was eating 700 calories a day to get wow. on stage. Holy cow. I am much higher than that now. I'm much higher than that now because I get to, because my muscles have developed over the years, and so I burn more calories. Um, but, yeah, and you're, I, there was a time when I was doing two hours of cardio a day. I would be at the gym for four hours. Um, it was two hours of cardio, two hours of lifting. Mm -hmm. 
Hello. Would you break the two hours of cardio? You just go straight because two hours of cardio is tough. A lot. Mostly it was breaking it up. Yeah. I would usually do a morning and evening session. Like one on one. But there was sometimes I went a full two hours if that's what I had to do to get it in the day. Yeah. Um. So and then posing. So posing is like a whole nother thing. Yeah, but if like you have the different. best physique, if you cannot pose and hold those shapes, so people at the gym see me posing all the time because oh, man, yeah. if you can't hit your poses, it does not matter. Yeah. Like it will throw your whole physique off. Um, so that in and of itself is like even more painful than lifting sometimes. <laughs> My back soreness after a posing session is legit. So between all of those things, you know, I'm dedicated at this point anywhere from three to four hours a day um plus my diet and yeah and you still get it in. i mean you're a mom yeah. you're a wife you're a business owner the when only reason i get it in is because i have a great support system if you're going to do bodybuilding you have to have a support system like you really do my mom my sister my husband um my coach all those people who sacrifice so much to help take care of my daughter um my husband's constantly smoking chicken for me so that at least, like, I can enjoy my meals a little bit. Like, his smoked chicken is the best. But he, you know, he does 90% of my cooking for me. He does the laundry. He takes care of our daughter. He travels a lot for work. But when he's home, like, he puts in every ounce of effort he can to support me. And so that is how I do it. Like, it's a selfish sport, but it is a team sport. Yeah. We shouldn't have him on I know. He 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 deserves all the accolades. I mean, every time I get off stage, it's like he deserves the award, not me, because of what he has to sacrifice. Um, he's been to every single show. He carries my bag, so I don't have to mess up my tan. <laughs> um, you know, heats up my food in the hotel, like finds the microwaves, the whole nine yards. Holy cow, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I have actually never asked that question before, what the two and a half, last two and a half weeks look like. And so, and I've never done a show, but maybe one day, I think that uh, maybe to just push myself into something uncomfortable would be fun. Just on the, whatever the lowest level is, just to go in and try it. Yeah. It may be fun. Be careful though. It's addicting. That's exactly what I do. So I tell people about pickleball all the time too. Don't get into pickleball because if you get into pickleball, you're not going to stop. Yeah. You like literally go to bed at night and you just hear the, the ball and the, and the paddle like ding. Tink, tink, and then you're addicted. You're done. But um, no, you're probably right. I probably would. But it'd probably be a good addiction in some ways. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys got a ton of value out of today. I think this person, this human being that's sitting in this room is an incredible person. Like I said, I just met her. But go follow her. I think you're going to want to. You're going to want to follow her on social media. And um, you've already said where to follow follow you. But for those that didn't hear it, tell them one more time on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Kelsey Hunt 11 Kelsey Hunt 11, go follow her. Um, hit her up if you have anything, any questions. Maybe it's about bodybuilding. Maybe it's about life. Maybe you're struggling with something. But this is a person that you're going to want to connect with in one way or another. I, I meet very few people. One, one thing I will say is I do know quite a few people in the bodybuilding space. And I, I don't think I've ever met somebody, and I don't mean this if anybody of them are listening to this, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I've never met somebody that's so genuine and so giving and so not about themselves as you. So I want to honor you for that. It's a very yeah. unique thing that I've never seen before. Probably get that a lot. I don't know if you do. But if you don't, you should get that a lot. <laughs> so go follow this person. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, hope to see you in episode six. Thanks, guys. Bye.